0: Federal employees are used to seeing political appointees come and go, and they're used to responding to changing priorities, but it helps if those priorities are clearly communicated. That didn't happen during the leadership changeover at the top of the State Department, and the Government Accountability Office says it's one big reason state has made relatively little progress on its agency reform plans. Out of 17 management reforms the Department outlined to Congress last February, only one has been accomplished. Jason Baer is Acting Director for International Affairs and Trade Issues at GAO. He talked with me about what state can do to speed things along.
1: You know, this was really an outgrowth of, uh, as the Trump administration came into office, it was an executive order uh, directing all the executive branch agencies to identify opportunities to improve the efficiency and operation of the government uh, and, and reform uh, and reorganize themselves as appropriate. And so the State Department took that executive order to heart, uh, worked closely with uh, USAID on really canvassing their staff for ideas for things that could be done to improve the overall operation of those organizations. And after, oh, a year or so of uh, getting ideas and vetting them, they came down to this set of 17, which is really what we looked at. Uh, and to understand the status of them, we talked to a variety of State Department officials. And as you talked about, there are these 17 projects that they've notified to the Congress. One of them has really been completed at this point. Uh, the vast majority of them are kind of in a continuing status, 13 of them as of April when we stopped tracking them. Uh, a couple of them are stalled, and, and one of them was discontinued.
0: Yeah, and I think the one thing we know about large agency-wide reforms is that they take time under the best of circumstances. Uh they're, they're they're complicated. So in in this case, how can we tell whether this is just part of that fact pattern where where large bureaucratic organizations take time to make changes or whether these are genuinely stalled out for lack of leadership attention or or good planning?
1: Yeah, I I'd, I'd say a couple of quick things about that. One is that one of the, I think, important things that we learned over the course of doing our review was that a lot of these ideas that generated into these 17 separate proposals were ideas that had been around for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the impetus for them was clear, they'd been articulated, uh, but they just hadn't happened yet. And so they took the opportunity to kind of wrap this notion of reform or reorganization around them uh, in order to hopefully give them some additional momentum. So issues like IT modernization, which is a, perennial issue all across the government uh, and as well as in the State Department. And so we would have expected that with some of these ideas that really have been clearly articulated for a long period of time, this would have given them the boost uh, so that maybe we would have seen more than one of the 17 of them uh, really come to fruition by this point. I think the other thing is that we did note that a number of the projects over time as they went from kind of the idea generation phase into development and and really the phase that we focus on implementation, they really were kind of scaled down. And so what they're really aiming for now is a much smaller version of a much larger idea that perhaps they had anticipated before. So kind of looking across the 17 projects really gives you a sense of the scope of them uh, in terms of what they initially started with and, and where they are now is a very different place.
0: Yeah, I I want to harp on that for just a second because it, I think maybe to states great credit they 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 picked their reforms out of sort of a organic process that bubbled up from the workforce which probably makes them easier to implement if the workforce is behind them rather than just you know Rex Tillerson coming in from the outside with a bunch of great ideas and telling people go do this.
1: Yeah, we definitely heard a lot and we got a lot of evidence about uh, the effort that was really put in on the front end of the process there were you know, surveys sent out to all state and U.S. state employees to gather their input. Uh, They did engage contractors from the outside to help them manage the process, especially on the idea development side. Really what we focused on was the implementation phase, Mm -hmm. where that wasn't really contractor driven. That was really internal state department focused. And that's where I think we, we saw a number of the observations that we make in the report about leadership focus and attention really coming into sharper focus and the need for that being even more acute at that stage of the process.
0: Okay, so how big a deal was this, this lack of leadership focus or in it you know insufficient leadership focus? And, and how much of that was just the transition between two separate secretaries?
1: Well, in our conversations with a variety of state department officials, we really kind of saw two key leadership challenges. Um, one was the issue of uh, having a number of acting officials in key positions. You know, a lot of people point to the fact that there was not a Senate-confirmed Undersecretary for Management for two years, and and that person does oversee what what are now kind of the vast majority of the projects that are still in the continuing status. Uh, But it certainly is worth noting that there were a number of acting officials across the department, and as a result, it is more difficult to obtain buy-in for long-term change proposals when you have people in those acting positions. The second leadership challenge that was uh, clearly presented to us was the change in leadership between Secretary Tillerson and Secretary Pompeo. As as a result of that transition, we talked to a number of State Department officials who were just kind of uncertain about the priority level of the projects uh, and what was going to kind of happen with those in the end. They were unclear about whether these things really were a priority for the new Secretary or not. And that's pretty common across organizations. When you have change at the top of the organization, everyone's gonna wonder, are they gonna really wanna finish out these things, or are they gonna move on to new priorities? And the other aspect of that is that we saw communication which wasn't entirely clear. So even for some individuals who were responsible for implementing some of these projects after the transition at the secretary level, they didn't get a lot of communication from the senior levels of the State Department about what they should be doing and how important this was, what resources they might expect. And so that was certainly something that was holding them back from really bringing these projects to completion.
0: Yeah, it strikes me that the federal workforce in general is pretty used to having new political leadership come in and have different priorities that they need to respond to, but it's important to communicate those when they happen and, and, and when the changes in priorities actually do occur.
1: Absolutely. That's, we found over time looking at a number of Uh, large scale reorganizations and transformation across the government, but having that real leadership focus and attention and effective communication from the top of the organization down is one of the most critical factors in whether those reforms are really going to take hold.
0: I want to hit on this idea of teams that you bring up, which I think basically you say that this is a a GIO identified best practice. If, If you're going to implement big reforms like this, you need a team focusing on it full time, not just one senior leader, as important as that undersecretary for management is. Talk about that team approach, why it's important, and how big a deal it was that that state seems to have drifted away from that approach over time.
1: Yeah, so I think it's easiest to understand that in the context of the situation, kind of comparing the idea development generation process, where you had uh, very clear involvement uh, from the top level leadership of the department, an executive steering committee that oversaw a handful of teams brought together across the department uh, for generating those ideas relatively quickly into 2018 um, those teams went away and so what we found was that there wasn't a real clear dedicated implementation team that gave visibility uh, and support for that in a general sense what we see uh, is that a dedication dedicated implementation uh, team can offer a couple things one for the workforce and for those people responsible for implementing the projects it can really give them confirmation that senior leadership really does support the idea. And of course, in in both the government and the private sector context, that translates into resources. Most of these projects are gonna require resources, and so when you're clear that you have the support of the leadership of the agency, uh, you can can, uh, hopefully have greater assurance that you're gonna get what you need to do that. A second thing that those dedicated implementation teams can offer is input from key stakeholders there are very few projects done, especially at the State Department, that would affect only one bureau or office. They really are often very cross-cutting. And so you need to have the input from people in different parts of the organization in order to make sure that the ideas are well conceived as well as uh, well implemented. And I think the last thing that I would offer that you get out of having a really stable and strong dedicated implementation team is accountability. That accountability uh, on behalf of the team to the leadership to make sure that they're implementing the reforms as they were intended um, and th- in a way that's consistent with the leadership vision of the organization.
0: All right. While we still have you in our last couple minutes here, let's talk about your actual recommendations here. I mean, now that there is a, 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 an undersecretary for management, what should that person and or the secretary do to, to kind of course correct on these reforms here?
1: Well, we've made a couple of what we think are relatively straightforward uh, recommendations. The first is that we want to see some personal involvement uh, on the part of the secretary to first and foremost just make a clear decision about which of these 17 projects that are still ongoing uh, really do remain a priority for the department. And once that decision is made, you've got to communicate it. You have to make sure that you communicate to those people who are responsible for implementing so that they know what they are responsible for doing. And the second group that you need to communicate to is to Congress. You know, this all started with notification to Congress about reform proposals. Uh, We think that the State Department owes Congress an update on which of these proposals really are going to go forward. And our second recommendation is that they do develop a dedicated implementation team that will be responsible for overseeing kind of this broad set of reform projects that the Secretary wants to continue. Again, because those projects cut across many, many of the things that the State Department does from personnel overseas to real property issues uh, to some more kind of policy-oriented things, it's important to have overall visibility from that single team to make sure that the projects are implemented effectively.
0: That's Jason Baer, Acting Director for International Affairs and Trade Issues at GAO. We'll post a link to the report we've been talking about at federalnewsnetwork.com.
1: Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate Plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at GrifflesPlasma.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. As fall fills up
2: with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings.